From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, hell yes, Mr. Robert. Thank you very much. It's me, Mike. Mike Davidson lives. Thanks for downloading this latest podcast as I talk about whatever pops into mind. Glad you downloaded it. Glad you're listening. Glad you're hanging out with me. And I, I got to figure out a way, a creative way to uh, keep up the schedule and hang out with you. Uh, coming up after Memorial Day, um, the Friday before Memorial Day will be my last day of work for 10 days. I get 10 days off, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, more on that here in a second, but uh, that might mean I might have to record a couple uh, back-to-back and just kind of space them out throughout the week. It's it's doable, just uh, may not be as fresh as usual, but I will still try to provide content that you may or may not find intriguing, but uh, I, I am intrigued about what I said to myself and to uh, some people on my personal social media earlier today. I told them, I, I just, I basically said what I said to you, 10 days off, and I have never been, look, I've never looked more forward to doing nothing in my entire life. Now, I have a hard job, and I think that contributes to that as <laughs> As I as I'm speaking to you here, like it's it's a lot of hard work. Um, but with the former profession, man, I ju- I just loved doing it every day. Loved going to work so much so, I actually felt guilty if I had to take time off, and that was a problem when I looked back at it because I was just obsessed with work. And now that I've almost been away from that profession for two years now, and by the way, there's a as much as I miss some aspects of that job, there's quite a few things that I don't miss about it but with this job I am actually looking forward to having some downtime to spending it with my wife to spending it with my kids taking a few side trips here and there 10 days off what to do what to do well main thing is to rest that's the most important thing for me um but uh, getting was it about a week from Friday when I get, get off work uh, Friday before Memorial Day, it's going to be a long-ass time off. All right, uh, update on the guy whose name I blanked on last podcast. I try to you know download, screenshot, link up stuff in front of me as I do this thing so I don't sound like a complete idiot. But uh, you know, I was talking about this uh, CEO for a tech company out of London that was talking about uh, either AI will control humanity in the worst-case scenario. I, I think the worst-case scenario for me would be, you know, it destroying us or finding us boring like that uh, walking phoenix scarlett johansson movie um well that uh, that ceo is imad mustak uh, he is the uh, ceo of stability out of london stability ai and uh, he plays around with ai and he's warning us about ai just like a few podcasts back, I was talking about the guy that worked at Google who messed with AI and is warning us about AI. Guys, stop messing with AI. It, you know, they, they, they've got congressional hearings and all that. And, of course, let's let's be frank. Let's be honest. Uh, those things won't do anything. It's just to make politicians look good and say, hey, look, I'm doing stuff on uh, Capitol Hill. I'm, uh, I'm a big shot. Uh, vote for me. Vote for me. Uh, but uh, it bears watching. And I saw some graph where, and I don't have the numbers committed to memory. I should have screenshot this. I should have downloaded this. But uh, they, they did kind of a, a graph of number of mentions online of AI over like the last 10, 15 years. And it has skyrocketed in the last two. 
it's it is a concern of a lot of people. It is a hot button topic. All right. I also talked about last uh, podcast how bad things were in San Francisco, and it is linked up that article on uh, the Mike Davidson Lives podcast page for the previous episode where I went into depth about what's going on over there in that city. Um, I, I saw about a day or two after that uh, this Twitter thread, uh, what's his name, uh, Morgan Livermore. He's a uh, citizen of San Francisco. And just to give you an idea of what citizens are contending with over there, uh, he had his car broken into. He's got uh, his glass shattered and everything. And if I can find this Twitter thread, I'll try to try to link it up here if I remember to do it. Do so. But uh, basically, Morgan says San Francisco is such a joke. Gone for forty-five minutes. Nothing in the car. Come back to glass all over my kid's car seat. To file a police report for the stats since crime is actually down. Call the police. They don't pick up. Call again. Transfer to another service. Told it would take 25 minutes to file over the phone, but I can do it online. No wonder nobody files police reports and crime is down. Guess I'm lucky I had nothing taken. Fourth time this has happened. So no, no not to leave anything in your car. So this is the fourth time this dude has had glass broken in his car and it's taking forever for him to call the cops and you know they say well you know crime is down in san francisco yeah because nobody can be bothered to report it because there's not gonna be anybody that shows up to actually do things and it's uh becoming a little more common practice and 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 for those who always say oh what's the point of owning a gun you know we've got the cops they can help us well i mean you're talking about a smashed windshield in san francisco and this guy's getting having no luck getting people to come to his car and file the report with a cop imagine if something much worse happened yeah so that's what they're they're doing dealing with over there oh uh, by the way uh, congrats to former colt pat mcafee punter extraordinaire uh pro wrestling enthusiast and he's got his own little radio show i guess he signed a contract with espn and he's getting all sorts of accolades i think uh outkick was talking about how Pat McAfee is just that natural-born personality, uh, something that ESPN doesn't know how to cultivate. He's his own man. And and I'm doing this congratulations to Pat with an asterisk, not because I dislike Pat or I don't think he's talented. I think he's, like I say, he, he's a natural. He's 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 the perfect ham. He He's on TV, and he knows how to put on a show, and he knows – you know to talk how to talk to sports like i mean the guy's guy's a former athlete but he talks like your buddy he doesn't talk like a sports writer a sports reporter he talks like pat mcfee talking with you in your garage over a beer or three uh but uh you know he's uh he's gotten some flack recently for things like interviewing uh aaron Rodgers, who's a lightning rod of controversy some of that deserved by the way um, but I, I just, I don't know, Pat McAfee in that culture of ESPN may not be a good fit in the long run. And I'm not sure how long that relationship is going to last. I mean, don't get me wrong. If Pat continues on the, the, tra- tra- the trajectory, uh, he's on, he's going to find success no matter who ultimately keeps him. But, uh, hats off to him. I mean, it was sad when he, he uh, stepped away from, uh, my beloved, my beloved Colts, but, uh, 
He's found his second calling, and he's just he's he's kicking ass. ESPN is not kicking ass, by the way. Um, I saw saw this. I think it was on awful announcing Sunday night. Uh, they had a baseball game run over, and they had a playoff game for uh, the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, he- heading toward the Cup here in the few- next few weeks. But uh, it was the Red Sox and the Cardinals, and I think the Cardinals were blowing out the Red Sox. It was it, the the game went a little longer than it should have. Uh, but rather rather than just cut away and go to a playoff game with hockey, and again, hockey's got um, low rating stateside. Um, so this might be why they were doing this and trying to keep up with, uh, you know, baseball. But, you know, you had a blowout. How many people are really watching a blowout baseball game? Uh, they moved the hockey game to ESPN2 temporarily, and then they did the split screen between the baseball game and the hockey game, which uh, both baseball fans and hockey fans were bitching about. So ESPN was trying to please everybody and ended up pleasing nobody. Uh, also, I think uh, with the Tribeca Film Festival, they're going to have um, another one of their 30 for 30 uh, documentaries. Uh, it's called American Son, about Chinese-American tennis player Michael Chang, a great athlete. Uh, and uh, what it was like to be competing at the same time the Tiananmen Square protests were going on back in 1989. Uh, was it 24 years back? 34 years back, oh my God. 34 years back, um, serious stuff, but uh, they have pulled that documentary from the Tribeca Film Festival, and there's been no word yet as to why. But ESPN is owned by Disney. Disney does business with a certain country, and NBA games are run on ESPN, and NBA is in bed with a certain country. Maybe that plays into it. I don't know. It doesn't sound like they're scrapping the documentary altogether, but I find it interesting that it's not at this film festival all of a sudden. It's already completed. It's already done. Might as well show it. One thing they need to to stop doing is showing stupid beer commercials, by the way. Um, I guess this was out a few months ago, and nobody paid attention to it because it wasn't funny. It It was just it was garbage. But uh, since uh, the Dylan Mulvaney flap pretty much happened with Bud Light, it's come to light with Miller, Miller Light. They had something, I think, online um, about this uh, feminist comedian. I think she was on Broad City or something. She, uh, for 90 seconds, was lambast- lambasting guys for liking women in bikinis. Uh, basically, the premise of the commercial was talking about how women played a prominent role in the brewing of beer throughout history and how did our founding fathers or you know forefathers reward women by putting them in bikinis i had no idea benjamin franklin was a marketing genius so the gist of this 90 second commercial on the internet was if you find a sexist beer commercial from another company you send it to them and uh, they will take bad shit and turn it into good shit that's what they said and they bleeped out because apparently they didn't want to be that raucous they didn't want to rock the boat that much, right? Um, and uh, it's not been well received. Who would have thought? Uh, this wasn't really a comedy sketch because it didn't come off as funny. It just kind of came off as screeching harpy gobbledygook. It just it was not funny um, because they tried too hard. And they themselves are humorless. And they themselves hate their audience. And that is a problem. Your P1, your primary audience for beer, 
dudes, uh, 25, 54, who go out and do stuff, who want to have a good time. Yes, women do drink it, but I would also like to think that a lot of women that drink Miller Lite or any beer aren't as uptight and offended as uh, the marketing geniuses at uh, Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light, Miller Lite are, apparently. And, it, yeah, it's condescending. Nobody wants to be condescended to. The, the reason why they drink beer is because they want to have a good time. They're tired of political bullshit. Guess what you're doing? You're you're putting in political bullshit. Um, let's, let's take the politics out of this for a second. You know, I used to be a program director, small-town rock station, and I am a big fan of the band Radiohead. Uh, you know, they're, they're a little out there, a little weird. And I was programming a rock station, but I knew if I put in anything outside of Creep, possibly Karma Police, fans would turn it off, radio listeners would turn it off, because Radiohead is not necessarily a rock band. They're, they're kind of a trippy, out-there, experimental band. They're, you know, they're more kind of a soundtrack band, in my opinion. Um, but, uh, you know, you got to know what your audience wants. Your audience doesn't want hot button topics thrown at them as they're enjoying a beer sorry uh <laughs> you don't even have to put women in bikinis anymore just show guys and gals hanging out at a bar having a good time going camping going kayaking the generic shit just stop with this nobody wants to see this and uh god i i don't know if anybody really wants to see Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. That used to be a, de- a thing back in the day. Remember? Uh, you know, you would see it on newsstands. You would see it by the cash register as you're checking out of someplace. You're like, oh, man, she's hot. Um, you now, it could be Claudia Schiffer. It could be anybody. Uh, Elle McPherson. Uh, just beautiful women. Beautiful young women. And you take that home and you read it for the articles. Well, now swimsuit issues are political and nobody is reading them. Huh, about that. Uh, That one German transgendered um, pop star that did that thing with Sam Smith at the Grammys, you know, the uh, satanic thing. Yeah, it it was one of the war shows that we didn't watch. Uh, That person is in uh, Sports Illustrated, as is... 81-year-old Martha Stewart. She's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And then Megan Fox, you know, who's a good-looking woman. You know, she's a little thin. Um, but she's talking about some of her body issues. She's not, like, like she's talking about how ashamed she was of her body. And for one, she shouldn't be ashamed of her body. And two, this is supposed to be an enjoyable publication. And they're not doing it. It's because, damn it. Sports writers can't stop being sports writers. They can't stop being writers. There's always an issue. So you, you talk about transgenderism. You talk about ageism. You talk about uh, the the body image issues. Um, and it's just, it's too much. That's why these things aren't the cultural icons, the cultural events that they once were. Because you have a lot of hand-wringing behind the scenes. And they want you to wring your hands too. When you're done doing whatever you're doing with your hands, looking at these publications. By the way, uh, Joey uh, Joy Behar, who uh, is 80, um, 81-year-old, talking about 81-year-old Martha Stewart in a, a bathing suit. And I guess on The View the other day, she was talking about, uh, or asking the question, how does Martha Stewart pee in her bathing suit? 
And I'm just thinking, well, like any octogenarian, you don't really think about it. You just go, right? Yeah, so beer commercials, uh, swimsuit issues, you're, you're not allowed to enjoy those anymore. Um, you kind of have to go back and look at uh, old school movies and enjoy those, right? Um, and it's kind of weird to refer to back, back to the Future as an old school movie, but uh, that thing is damn near 40 years old now. Uh, came out in 85, 86. Um, but Michael J. Fox was asked about um, the reboot. I don't think they're actually doing a reboot yet but they're talking about the possibility of a reboot with michael j fox and you know he's just like personally i don't think uh I, personally i don't think they should do it but uh i'm not gonna be upset either way because you know i got paid you know basically it's the michael kane approach oh yeah the movie sucked but uh i got paid to uh, play around with that rubber shark in the bahamas and uh, i'm okay that, that was Michael J. Fox doesn't think Back to the Future sucks, but his thing is, is like, what are you going to build on? I mean, we've we've told a pretty good story, and he's right. It's timeless. Not every goddamn movie needs to be remade or reboot or given another sequel. God, I mean, I am absolutely not looking forward to this new Indiana Jones movie coming out uh, next month. And I love the original trilogy, but, you know, you've gotten to this point where uh, Harrison Ford needs to like pack it in retire and go away i mean love you guy i mean indiana jones han solo the fugitive a whole host of movies that you've done but it ain't the same and it looks pretty painful to to see it kind of limping around hobbling around all that stuff and, and here's michael j fox just saying you know we did we did a good movie we did a very good movie and, uh, you know, I don't care if they reboot it or not, but, you know, what are you going to improve upon? And the thing is, absolutely butkus. Absolutely butkus, man. It's uh, it's it's perfect the way it is. And uh, the other two films afterward were okay-ish. But, it's a, yeah, it's a good movie, great movie. I, I remember watching that as a kid, and that's definitely something I would sit through and watch over and over again. All right, uh, Alec Baldwin's been in a few movies that I've liked, and he's been in a few that were pretty forgettable. Um, you know, he's if if there's a guy um, if there's a guy with worse PR issues than say Johnny Depp or Michael Majors at this or not Michael Majors, um, Jonathan Majors. Michael Majors was a guy I knew in school. Uh, Jonathan Majors. <laughs> Uh, it would be Alec Baldwin with this whole rust shooting. And again, my, my whole take on Alec Baldwin was it was accidental. I agree. But, you know, he obviously lied to the cops. He should have been charged with something there. But, uh, no, that's not what the prosecutor went with. And, yeah, okay, whatever. Alec Baldwin's a free man, and he's still shooting this movie, uh, even though there were, it's a contentious set, I would have to believe so. Uh, he's already got his next project lined up. Uh, and uh, I hope to God you're sitting down for this one. He is going to play a university president. Sounds like a distinguished uh, role, right? Well, he's going to play the university president in a 19, uh, movie based on the 1970 campus shooting at Kent State University where uh, like four or five protesters were killed by uh, National Guardsmen. Yeah, Alec Baldwin's going to be in a movie where shooting is the theme yikes well i mean i can't i can't necessarily say that this is a bad look for him it's kind of a wince look but i mean he's he's playing a university president 
he's not going to be anywhere near a gun theoretically. So this is uh, maybe the filmmakers playing it safe. I don't know if he tried to go for another role here, but uh, yeah, they're um, <laughs> they're keeping keeping him away from that. All right, um, conspiracy theory talk. And when is when is a conspiracy theory not a conspiracy theory? And uh, you know, and I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. I don't believe in a lot of them, uh, although I am fascinated by a lot of them. And, uh, you know, one of the things I remember is like earlier this year, they were talking about uh, possibly banning gas stoves. This was like a federal thing. And, you know, a lot of people came out against it. And then a lot of the more left-leaning pundits and uh, news commentators were like, oh, no, 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 this is conspiracy talk. This is just the, you know, right-wing talk and all this stuff. And I think it was last week, New York State just passed a law saying that they are not going to build any more buildings with natural gas hookups. So in a way, yeah, they're taking away your gas stoves eventually. They're just not barging in your house to do it. Um, and they can lie at, they can lie at your face doing this. Um, because basically, I mean, if you were to move in New York State to a newer house, you would have to say adios to the gas range. Okay. That's that's how they get around that stuff. Um, but uh, you know the one uh, the one conspiracy theory out there, uh, the Great Reset that's supposed to take place here the next ten years, is basically the elites controlling your life, and uh, you know you're basically living in huts and uh, you know dressed up in mud, and you'll own nothing. Sounds a little extreme. I don't know how they would pull that off. But then again, you know you had the the gas range thing, right? Sounds a little complicated, but uh, one, one of the things that kind of sprung up from that is that uh, they want you to eat bugs because uh, bugs are a little more, uh, I guess, sustainable than uh, cows, pigs, chickens, and all that stuff and better for the environment. And, you know, people are like, oh, no, they're not going to do that. Well, CBS News over the weekend, I guess, for their Saturday morning show that nobody watches because it's on Saturday morning and you're sleeping in, damn it. You're enjoying your life. And also, it's on CBS. They ran a story about uh, eating bugs and how it would be good for you and good for the environment and it's got protein and, you know, trillions of bugs are raised on raised on farms. So you can just grab yourself a handful of termites or roaches and just, you know, go to town and, you know, incorporate them into your tofu and you everything will be good. But again, this is just conspiracy talk, and no, nobody's trying to make you eat the bugs. It's just, it's just one random story, Saturday morning, CBS, and in no way, here in the next coming uh, weeks, months, years, will this become more mainstream in terms of uh, conversational talk on cable news outlets. And uh, who knows, maybe this starts getting incorporated into school dietary lunches and whatnot. I mean, it, it sounds, it sounds far-fetched, but really... Is it? I mean, it, they're bringing up bugs. This is the latest push. By the way, they want you to eat the bugs. They want me to eat the bugs. Uh, those who are higher up the food chain, so to speak, society-wise, those who uh, you know are policymakers, Fortune 500s, whatever, they're still going to eat their uh, their steak and uh, you know their swordfish. You you get to eat basically the little things that eat the crumbs that they discard. That's that's kind of how that works, um, because it, it's the same thing like with environmentalism anyway. I mean, like they want you to use less electricity and a lot of these people that want you to use less have private jets in multiple homes. That's how that goes. And by the way, uh, speaking of dietary, uh, the USDA, 
this could become another conspiracy theory that comes true. Uh, they are looking for ways, or they're, they're putting up a proposal to make chocolate milk non-existent for school lunches, I think in 2025, 20, 26. Yeah, so they they're wanting to get rid of chocolate milk to fight childhood obesity. Never mind the fact that chocolate milk basically has the same vitamin, nutrients, all that stuff that white milk does. I mean, yeah, it's got a little more sugar in it, but that's why your kid is 75 pounds overweight. Not the fact that, uh, well, everything else has got corn syrup in it, and maybe this kid is having one candy bar too many before school, after school, maybe drinking a little too much Mountain Dew. No, it's the chocolate milk's fault that this kid is fat. And I'm telling you, if they got rid of chocolate milk, this would not make kids skinnier. It's just virtue signaling. It does nothing except, you know, rob them of another option to have calcium. And there, there are some nutritionists that are like, well, this isn't really going to do anything. No, it's not going to do anything. It's, it's pretty political. That's basically what political moves are they really don't do anything except make the people that uh that pull this stuff off the menu look good oh but we we stuck it to fat kids or something like that <laughs> okay um so i got a couple of um car stories here just kind of lighten up the mood before i, I shove off here and uh, one of them's out of colorado uh, this is linked up on the Mike Davidson Facebook page. Um, basically, a cop drew, pulled over a, a suspected drunk driver. And as he was approaching the car, the cop noticed that the driver was switching seats with the dog who was sitting shotgun, was sitting shotgun. Because, of course, by the time the cop got up to the car, the dog was in the driver's seat. Oh, my God. This is a very plausible story. Uh, the um, this guy this guy sucks at improv a little bit. <laughs> this was my backup plan all along. You know, if this guy was smart, he would have just given the dog his car keys before hitting the road. But no, no. It, he, he had to get home that badly. <laughs> how, how drunk was this guy? I mean, usually if, if you get, if you're popped and you get pulled over, you... you, you I just, you have to be blackout drunk to think that this was a good idea. Because if you're, if you got a beer buzz, you're just like, oh man, I'm effed. This dude was just, he was fighting like his life depended on it. And you know what? He, he had no qualms about saying that damn pooch up the river. I mean, it, let's just say the, the cop went along with the story. That dog could have gone to the Humane Society and been euthanized for this jackass's <laughs> thinking. Oh my God! It just it it reeks of stupidity, and that's that's uh, that's why I love this story. Again, you can read more about it on my Facebook page. And finally, I don't know. Well, I have a theory as to why I'm not a big fan of this. Um, is this being woke, or is this uh, because they're just tired of people snickering? Of uh, Oscar Meyer is doing the unthinkable. It's not that thing from. Uh, a month or two back, or PETA, what, what, what was it, out in Vegas, uh, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile had its catalytic converter stolen, and PETA said, hey, we'll, we'll pay for the fix if you guys uh, ditch the beef and uh, come up with a better design, call yourself something different, get rid of uh, uh, whatever you put in your hot dogs, because, you know, that's a mystery, it's mystery meat hot dogs. 
And uh, Oscar Mayer said no, but they are changing up things. It, the beloved Wienermobile, it still exists, but it now goes by another name. That's right, Wienermobile is a dead name. Ladies and gentlemen, the Frankmobile is hitting the road, promoting 100% beef franks, and of course, they're no longer weenie whistles that they hang, hand out. They're frank whistles. Huh. Yeah, after all these years, they're ditching Wiener. Now, it could be just, uh, you know, we're shaking things up. Maybe this is a temporary thing. Maybe it's not. But then again, uh, you know, we've got beer commercials and uh, swimsuit magazines uh, changing up what they think is right. Maybe is is this basically Oscar Mayer saying uh, we're too patriarchal and we're we're ditching that image or is this Oscar Mayer just finally tired of people laughing at them because they refer to their wiener mobile Frank mobile it just does it doesn't roll off the tongue the same way and how, you're gonna change up the song oh I wish I were an Oscar Mayer Frank that, that, that just it doesn't work at all all right, with well, that all said and done, uh, I am done. Until next time, stay fresh. She's back. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.